This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids playroom or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe ventilation system exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe ventilation system. You can get it installed or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today. Just one of these examples of just a tough situation and I'm so sorry that you're in it. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the podcast, episode 184. Thanks for being here. It's been, a, it's been a crazy week for me. I have announced to the world something that I've known for a while now, that I am leaving touring country music, getting out of touring completely and focusing on ministry. What does that mean for me exactly? Well, that, that doesn't mean that I'm starting a church tomorrow or I'm, I'm uh, starting a revival. Uh, what it does mean is that I'm going to serve my local church, Lower KC, with my family and sit under the teaching of my pastors, um, have them disciple me and pour into me. Um, I'm currently attending seminary. And so as I continue to learn and grow in knowledge, then, then the, the pastors around me at our local church, which is a pretty small church, they can then affirm for me, around me, the next steps in glorifying God best for my platform. That way, and the reason I say it that way is it's so important to articulate it that way, so that I'm not being self-deceived, right? So that, so that I'm not, I'm just not just announcing my calling from God that I'm, I'm going into ministry now and and so I'm going to go and start the Yee Church or whatever. Come come one and come all. Yee Church is now open. You know, it's not, it's not what I'm going to do. That to me, that's equivalent to a, a young freshman football player on a college team declaring for the draft, the NFL draft. And everyone thinks, no, don't, you're, don't go into the draft. You're not ready yet. You need to learn under this, the current quarterback or the current coach. And you need to learn how to how to be under leadership, how to serve. And that's similar to what is happening here. So that, that might take 10 years of me just serving the local church or more. That time is not up to me. Um, 
and and I believe that God provides us with local churches, with pastors and elders, so that He could equip uh, the the believers for ministry through that, so that He's not writing messages on a cloud or shooting lightning down and writing in the sand, saying you are called. Uh, no offense to Moses here, you know, but I, I don't think the, the burning bush doesn't happen anymore, okay? All that being said, this is the most elaborate intro I've ever done for the podcast, but I, I felt like I need to say it because a lot's been going on this week, and this is the first podcast I've done since that announcement. Here's something interesting, though. Now that music touring will go away, this will be the last tour. I'll fulfill the rest of the dates and play the rest of the tour dates out. And then when they finish up around Labor Day, um, I have a book coming out called Like a River. comes out August 1st. So then, so then my focus will be on that, and I'll have all that time freed up from music touring. What if during that time we do a some kind of minimal city podcast tour? Get out to your town, do a live podcast, you know, to a live audience, and you ask questions from the audience. I think that'd be pretty cool. The, the format of this podcast, by the way, if you're new to it, is I answer your questions. You email me, grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com, and I walk through them without notes, without reading your, your email beforehand, which, by the way, would that's why it would be interesting to have a live one where you just stand up, we hand you the microphone, and you tell me your story. And then... I could, um, I could ask another question because like one of my problems here with reading your emails is I don't get to ask the, the follow-up question. Like, how old are you? A lot depends on how old you are, you know, something like that. Enough, enough of this intro. Let's get to the meat of this podcast, what you came for, and that is answering your questions. Let me get to the first one, the subject line, which I have not read any of these yet. The subject line on this, this first one says, I need some advice. Says Granger, I've been married for 20 years. I've given everything I've got to try and make this marriage work, but I just can't do it anymore. Since the first few months of marriage, my husband has been abusive, both physically and verbally. Let me read that again. Since the first few months of marriage, my husband has been abusive, both physically and verbally. The physical abuses have only happened a handful of times but the verbal abuse has gotten worse and worse over the years. At first, he would apologize and vow to change. Now he doesn't even bother to do that. On a good day, I'm ignored, and it's like I don't even exist. But on a bad day, the verbal assaults, the put-downs, hateful talk is almost unbearable. For years, I have stayed in this marriage because God hates divorce. I also got married when I was 18, so I have never been out on my own. I finally get to the point that even if I have to get out because this, this isn't sustainable, I feel like I am trapped. He controls all the money, and I can't even afford a lawyer. The abuse has left me with diagnosed PTSD, depression, and anxiety, and a myriad of other health issues which have left me unable to work outside of the home for years. I'm trying to push past my anxiety and get out in public more and more doing some Instacart orders, etc., but I'm not even making a dent in the cost to retain a lawyer. Part of me just wants to leave and figure it out later, 
but I have kids and I, I don't want to make a quick decision that will leave us in a worse scenario. So I'm trying to wait until I can save up for a lawyer, but I don't know how much longer I could do this. Any advice? Message comes from anonymous. And so I will keep it anonymous. And, um, and all of us listening right now, me and then everyone listening to this podcast are just kind of giving that resounding sigh for you um, because this is one, just one of these examples of just a tough situation and I'm so sorry that you're in it. And and I'm glad that you emailed. I'm glad that you feel like you could have this podcast to grab an email. Maybe Maybe you're desperate. Maybe you've emailed a bunch of people. But, but I'm honored in a way that you have shared and been so vulnerable. And I want, I want to back you up on your thoughts here. I mean, you're not crazy. The, the thoughts you're having about this are normal. Uh, I think it's, a, it's, a, it's an appropriate reaction in every way to everything you're going through. I think you're kind of processing this. You're saying, I was young when I got married. I've been married now for 20 years. I've never been on my own. He, he abuses me physically a handful of times, verbally, all the time, but I've got a lot to think through. I, I don't have much money. Uh, I don't have any skills to, to have a job. I can't afford a lawyer. I've got kids. You're, you're thinking through all this, and that's good. And that's good. As you know, there's not a quick answer to this. So me me just telling you that that I agree with everything you've said is, is, a, is a good starting point, but I want to tell you something. It's ironic that I started this podcast by talking about my plans to go into ministry. And it's, it's important that we could relate my story to your story in, in one way. We need community. We need wise counsel around us. I heard a very interesting thing. I was visiting my, my younger brother, Parker, who was an intern at CHBC in Washington, D.C. That's Capitol Hill Baptist Church. And he's working as an intern under Pastor Mark Dever. And I was sitting in for the week with them, and I sat in on an elders meeting. And in this elders meeting, they have a church body where membership is, 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 is looked after and tended like a, like a flock of sheep. And they, they guard the, the, the fences of their sheep, of their flock. And the elders sit like, like under shepherds and watch the flock and help the flock and encourage the flock and protect the flock and rebuke the flock when necessary. But, but it's, it is a family. And I heard a conversation in the elders meeting as they're going through conversations about people struggling in marriage. And I heard something said that I thought was so profound but I heard them say, one of the elders said, when you're a Christian, divorce is not a private matter. Wow. That's so profound and so provocative and, and in some circles disturbing and uh, intrusive. And in, in other circles, it's so comforting and so fulfilling, knowing that we don't have to walk through this kind of stuff alone. All that you're going through right now is, is indications that you are alone and you're needing to make decisions alone. And I'm here to tell you, I don't think you could do it. 
sure I could I can encourage you to be strong and 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 stand boldly against your husband and and find a way out or you stop this abuse and find an attorney. I could say all that. It's just meaningless if I say it. First of all, it's not true, and second of all, it's just not it's just not possible. Without me knowing you and hearing your story and and walking through this with you, side by side with you like an elder would or a pastor, I can't speak into it. But what I can say is that wherever you are, it doesn't say there's a local church. And, and this is when it gets a, a this is the most difficult part of the conversation right here. It needs to be a faithful church. Faithful in, in in the sense of what they teach, how they teach it, and how they shepherd their flock. Like, is the flock too big for anybody to shepherd it? Do they guard the fences? Like, just thinking metaphorically on this, do they guard the fences of their flock at your church? Or do sheep just roam to and fro however they want? Can they come and go? Can they disappear? Can they do good things and never never be rewarded? Can they do bad things and never be rebuked? Is that just how it works? Or are they closely guarded? Which one do you think is biblical out of those two scenarios? One of those churches, there is a church like this with a tightly guarded fence. And that does not mean that they don't accept people to come in the door. That is not what we're talking about. We're talking about the members that are the, that are the good standing members that have that have been vested in the church and gone through membership with the church that are then could be protected by the church body itself. I'm not talking about people walking in on Sunday morning and they're not allowed in there. It's not what we're saying. Okay, so so there is a church like this in your town. Maybe you go there, but if you, I, I don't think you do because I don't think you would have said this in your email. You would have acted so alone. But there is a church that I would encourage you to go to and lean into and tell them this and walk through this with them. Don't walk through this alone. Don't walk through this, I got to find a lawyer thing. I got to figure out what I'm going to do with the kids. Maybe I was too young. Is this abuse verbally or is it not? Don't walk through that stuff alone. Walk through it with with your elders. Walk through it with your, your church congregation, with the members around you. And the only reason I'm saying all this is because you said one little sentence and it mentioned God. It said, for years I stayed because God, you put quotes around this, God hates divorce. You mentioned that God is involved somewhere. That's all I'm saying about it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to comment on whether or not God hates divorce, but I'm going to, I'm going to lean into the fact that you believe he's involved. You believe he has a say in this. And I believe you're right. And I would lean in through the body that he has ordained, that he has given us, the lowercase c church in your town. Lean into that. Walk with them. If you don't know him yet, if you haven't met him yet, now's a good time. It wouldn't be a bad thing to just meet him and then go right into your problems. It's okay. Did you know that's why they exist? To walk through brothers and sisters, walk through life with them together. Finding out how you can best glorify God from your position in your life through the good and the bad. That's what I'm going to recommend here. Let's go to another, another email. Huh. 
Subject line on this. This is interesting. Subject line says, allergies. Hello, Granger. Please keep me anonymous. For all of my life, allergies have been a part of me. I always have um, eczema, hives, stomach aches, and reaction to gluten and dairy. I'm 15 years old. My brother has had the same allergies as me, and my mom is even more sensitive than both of us. Last August, someone from my church told me that when he was a kid, he had the same problem, but he prayed to God to take it away, and it worked. He told me that if I truly believed that God could take away my allergies, and if I truly wanted them gone, I could ask God, and if it was in his plan, he would take them away. In the end, I was completely healed of my allergies, thank the Lord. Now, I'm wondering if I should tell my mom, whose reaction to gluten are much worse than mine, or should I just not tell her, as she thinks that I have grown out of them, me personally. Would I be hating her not to tell her about what truly took my allergies away? I love my mom so much, and I would like to see her react to gluten and be and it be my fault. I'm, I'm sorry. Might have read that last part wrong. But um, it says, sorry for the long email. Love your podcast. Love your music. Okay. An, uh, anonymous, 15 years old. I'm not going to go into extreme detail here. Um, but it sounds like you're, you're, you got this information from a, um, maybe Pentecostal church, something like that. Um, some kind of charismatic healing church where they like fall in the carpet and get picked up. You're 15. And so that's going to be part of, part of my answer is based on your 15 and not 30, but Listen, God is going to heal when God's going to heal. And we should always ask. We should always pray. We should always pour out our heart to God. We should always ask him for our request. But we don't, we don't expect healing in this kind of charismatic way as if it's some genie in a bottle. And that's a little bit what this email feels like. Like, hey, I, I know a secret. I prayed a secret prayer about my allergies and God healed. He didn't heal because he wanted to. He healed because it was a secret prayer that I truly believed that I wanted gone or, you know, something, however you worded that. We need, we need to be very careful with stuff like that because it starts to get weird starts to get a little weird, you know, it starts to get like TV evangelist type stuff when we start saying that God gave me, God healed my allergies because I was sincere in my prayer. And if you do this, if you say this magic prayer and you're sincere about it, he will heal you too, brother. That's starting to sound a little weird. And we need, we need to go to the Bible. And the reason I say you're 15, it's, this is, gets a little, gets a little deep, but you can be reading your Bible, and we could start to get an idea of who God is. You said one little thing in here that I loved. You said, he told me that if I truly believed that God could take away my allergies, and if I truly wanted them gone, I could ask God, and then this one little part right here, and if it was in his plan, lean on that. Lean on that. In fact, make the prayer about that. Stop making the prayer about what I need to make me breathe better. That's okay but don't make that what it's about. Instead, make it about what's in his plan. 
God, I, 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 wanna, I just want to live in your plan. I hate these allergies. These allergies bother me. But maybe these allergies are in your plan. I don't know what it, what, why or what, but maybe God, maybe you need me to have allergies right now. Have you ever thought about that? Like maybe I need to have allergies for some reason, but, but, but God, let that be your plan and not mine. If you could take them away, do it. If you could take moms away, do it. It's annoying and I hate it, but let me live for you. Let me live for your purpose and your plan, not mine. You know, Paul had the thorn in his side and he prayed and prayed and prayed for God to take away the thorn. But he didn't. He says, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. So through your weakness, his power is perfected. Remember that when you're praying for healing. Then don't expect it. Expect his plan to happen, but not for your allergies to go away. You can still ask, but remember his plan is the purpose of the prayer. Not yours. Let's take a break. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, getting to know how you react to certain situations, why you feel certain ways, uh, depending on certain uh, things that you're dealing with in your life, can be a lifelong process. In fact, it most likely will be because we're always growing and changing. And therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding because sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react the way that we do until we talk through things. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who could take on that journey with you wherever you are in life. Uh, therapy helped Amber and I significantly just being able to talk through things in a different way, sometimes with uh, a, a different perspective that we hadn't thought of before that helped us communicate better after our loss. That was, that was a really important process for us. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, you should give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, which is great. It's, de it's designed to be convenient and flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and then you could switch therapist at any time for no additional charge. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Granger today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash Granger. Back to the podcast. All right, back to the podcast. Thank you guys for being with us this morning. And, you know, if you want to know how you could help this podcast out, you could just send it to a friend. You know, word of mouth is so much better than anything else when it comes to like marketing things. So that's all I really care about is if, if you feel like this podcast is meaningful to you, just share it with a friend. Just, just text them and be like, man, I get a lot out of this podcast. It comes out every Monday morning. And you could ask a question too. Or if someone's struggling with something and you go, hey man, I don't know, but you could ask Granger. <laughs> GrangerSmithPodcast at gmail.com and then check out his podcast. That would be helpful to me. Um, that's, that's all I ask, really, when it comes to this podcast. That's all I ask. I'm not selling anything. I just want you to listen. Let's get to the first question here. Subject line says, should I date him? Hey Granger, I've been going to try, I'm going to try and keep this simple. I've been talking to this guy for five months now and I really like him. We both mutually like each other, but his parents won't let us hang out. We've tried countless times and his parents always say no. I don't know if I could be in a relationship with someone that I can't see them on. And on top of that, 
Let me say that again. I don't know if I could be in a relationship with someone if I can't see them. And on top of that, he's had his phone taken away for like three weeks now. Little to no contact, and I don't really know what to do. Any advice? Yeah, this comes from Millie. And Millie, this is super easy, super simple. Super, super, this will be the easiest answer I've ever given. If he is over the age of 18, then you need to have a serious conversation about this with him. If he is younger than the age of 18, the relationship's done. Okay? That's it. He's got to honor his parents, and you have to honor that he's honoring his parents. Next question. Subject line says, 18 and confused with religion. There's that word, religion. Hey, Granger, I'm 18 years old. I've been raised in a very Catholic household my whole life. I choose not to get, I chose not to get confirmed this year after finishing my religious education classes because I felt like it, um, because I felt like I would be going through the motions and not actually committing myself to the faith. My mother is very upset about my decision, and I feel bad about making her so sad. I believe in the Christian faith. I just feel like I should attend services with other denominations before committing to one. The difference in the faith has caused problems between my mother and I for years already, and I don't know, and I don't want to ruin our relationship. I also feel it would be wrong to keep practicing the Catholic faith just to make her happy and to continue a family tradition. Any advice on navigating the situation? Thanks. All right, question comes from Jenny. Thank you so much for the for the email, Jenny. I am not going to, uh, I think it's probably best if I don't like get into Catholicism versus Protestantism and all that right now. I don't think we should do that. Um, and I've done that before on this podcast. I don't think that's what this is about. So I'm going to try to stick with what you're asking. First, I want to say your intuition about all of this is correct. I want to affirm your intuition. Um, I think that you're approaching it from a, a very, very um, shallow sense, which is okay. It's it's fine. I think we, if you want to get into the deep water, you got to start shallow, right? We're walking out into the lake. It starts very shallow, and that's where you are. You're standing in toe-deep water, because it gets very deep after this, Jenny. And that's okay. When I was 18, I wasn't asking deep questions. But what I want to dig into here is your, I, I want to affirm your feelings on a couple of sentences. Um, I feel it would be wrong to keep practicing the Catholic faith just to make her happy. Yeah, good call. Continuing a family tradition, that's a good call. Um, what else did you say? I believe in the Christian faith. I just feel like I should attend other services before committing to one. I kind of affirm that too. And what else here? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I chose not to get confirmed this year after finishing my religious education classes because I felt uh, I would be going through the motions and not actually committing myself to the faith. Yes, I confirm all of those things, okay? So I, I think you're, you're, you're thinking great. You're in toe-deep water, which is totally fine. You're way ahead of the game of where I was probably at 18. And now let's, let's dig a little bit more, okay? So, so many times when I get emails like this, 
And we're talking about religion and faith. Those two words come up a lot, and they're usually tied together, religion and faith. It's, it sounds like, and it feels like we're talking about a good vibe lifestyle. It sounds like we're talking about um, a club or a, like a fraternity or sorority or like a, like a, a master's class or something. Like I've been really thinking about like, if, what if we looked at it as a master's class that you bought online? I'm thinking about committing to this master's class because my mom did it and she thinks it's great. And I see that there's great benefits from the master's class and it's pretty cool. And in fact, I want to raise my kids with the idea of going to this master's class because it's going to make us smarter and it's going to just make us a little more peaceful and a little more relaxed or whatever. Like put any definitions or any adjectives in there. That's, that's kind of what this email feels like. And I don't blame you for it. And I think that's what a lot of people look at when they think about those two words, religion or faith. You choose yours, whatever floats your boat, whatever makes you happy, whatever's a good vibe for you, whatever gives you tranquility, whatever gives you peace, whatever, whatever gives you, whatever equips you to be able to kind of navigate life with less anxiety or something. Did you know that that's just, that has nothing to do with any of that? Did you know that that's just not the definition for any of that stuff? But that's kind of what we've gotten into now in the modern age. We think that the Christian faith is a good vibe. It's like a master's class. It's like something you do because it's a family tradition. So just kind of follow it and just like repeat these words and drink this cup and say these things and kneel here and, and then go back into the world and like touch your chest a couple times and wear this and say that. And in return, you just kind of, you're just kind of living out, fulfilling a family tradition and making mom happy. And it feels nice. Well, that just has nothing to do with the Christian faith. The Christian faith is a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what it is. We are saved by faith, right? So if, if you're going to be saved, if, if you're being saved from something, what's the alternative? Death. So you're being saved by grace, by the way. You're being saved by grace through faith. That faith is the mechanism that, that God's grace uses to save you. Belief, repentance and belief. So if, if you're being saved through faith by grace, then that means the alternative is if you're not, if you don't have faith, if you're not believing, which is similar to saying faith is saying believing. If you're not believing, then you're dying. Not like bad vibes, not like I'm, I'm, I'm losing my groove. I'm a little anxious. Not like I'm out of the family tradition. I'm talking about you're dying like eternal death versus eternal life. Now, that's what it means. This is not me. I'm just the messenger here. I'm not making this up. This is not an interpretation. It's not like a translation error. It's not like something I'm just picking up. This is what the Bible says, and this is what has been taught for 2,000 years in the faith. 
You can go back. We could read writings that go back thousands of years. In this faith, that is what they're talking about. It is not a good vibe. It is not a tradition. It is not something that we continue to make our kids happy and, and raise them up in it so that they can have a nice, happy life. That is not this. But somehow we've we that that's where we have gotten. I am not. not I'm, <laughs> I'm sometimes I get my mouth gets ahead of my brain. I am not blaming you for thinking this, because I understand what it's called is cultural Christianity. Or in your case, cultural Catholicism, and I'm not blaming you, but it it, it is a trap, and and what I feel like, Jenny, is I feel like you might be elect, and I feel like you might be. You might feel the, the draw right now. I feel like Jesus is drawing you. I could be wrong, but I feel like Jesus is drawing you and he's opening your eyes slowly. It's okay. He's opening your eyes to some stuff here. Like, hey, mom, this sounds great. And I've studied these classes, but I kind of feel like this isn't the right way to do it. Like, I feel like there's more to it. I feel like I need to go to another church or two or read an article or book or two or talk to a couple other people that might give me a different perspective. I feel like I need to go out because why? Because I don't know, because something inside me is kind of stern a little bit. I would call that a draw. I, I, I would say that your Savior is drawing you. Once again, I could be wrong because I'm not you, and I, I don't want to. I don't want to falsely affirm you in anything because I don't know you, and I don't know the rest of your story. But I just want to point out that this sounds interesting. That you're not. You're kind of you, the blinder is kind of coming off around you, and you're going, "Hmm." Bible says this. We practice this. I don't think these two things add up. Maybe there's more to the story. You email me. I tell you this. Do with this information what you will. But I would say, lean in to the draw. Go find out. All right, let's, do, let's hit another one here. Man, I, I'm, a lot of these questions are about religion, so I'm sorry, y'all. Maybe I shouldn't apologize, but that's just kind of where this podcast has gone lately. Um, next question says, subject line, heaven. It says, hey, G, when you close your eyes and think of heaven in your own mind, what does it look like? Please describe. It comes from Lori, who's a longtime fan of mine in the music from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Lori, what's up? Thank you for the question. And let's die. Oh, I love this question. Mm, mm, mm. We can kind of connect it to the last question as well. And I want to make that connection. But let me repeat it because it's super short. Hey, G, when you close your eyes and think of heaven in your mind, what does it look like? Please describe. And, and instantly, we think of like country music songs, and we think about, I hope heaven has a bass fishing pond and a creek that's just bubbling with fish and deer in the meadows. And I, I hope that all my loved ones are there and we're playing you know, football, like it's Thanksgiving afternoon and the weather's beautiful and I could fly. And, and I, I really hope that they have, you know, this and this and this and this. And then we could hear, you know, countless country music songs about this kind of thing. 
And people, people will describe it in ways that's like, man, I love mountains as I just hope there's just incredible mountains there. Like, I hope they're just snow-capped mountains and, and, and there's game in the woods and, then, and there's beautiful villages with streets of gold and pearly gates and there's no tears. You know, we just kind of, we think of this, we kind of go down this, this long, like dream-like journey through our minds thinking about heaven. Now, I don't think that's a bad thing. But I think it's an immature Christian thought. And Laureate, this is this is not on you, okay? This is this is not this is not a knock on you. This is not a knock on anyone that that has imagined that heaven hopefully has bass fishing. This is not. I just I want to say that I think that's an immature Christian thought. Here's why. Here's why. Because when you hear the apostles talk about heaven, they're talking about one thing. One thing. Being in the presence of Christ. Being in the presence of God himself. With unveiled faces. That means right now our faces are veiled to Christ. They're veiled to God because we can't possibly see. We can't see something so bright, so beautiful, so perfect. Our eyes cannot comprehend it. We're going to be in heaven with him with unveiled faces. Can you, can you imagine for a second everything that we've mentioned about heaven, everything that you thought would be in heaven because you've seen it on earth and, and it's like the best version of what you've seen on earth. You've seen, you can imagine that being in heaven, right? So imagine everything you want to see in heaven because it's perfect on earth. Imagine the creator of all of that stuff. Imagine the creator of that stuff is there. And I, and I, I fully believe that once you're there, you're not going to want to see anything else. And, and not in a boring way and not in a methodical, weird way. But I think when you see the creator of everything and you see the creator of, of, that embodies love and perfection and art and music and, and bass fishing and whatever else, all these streets of gold and green grasses and, and, and fish in the waters and, and game in the, in the forest. When you see the creator, the, the visionary, the poet of all of that, you're going to want to be at his feet. You're going to want to be right there at his throne and just, and just soak that in. And just say, God, I just want to be here. And I just want to worship you. And I want to gaze on you with unveiled face. And just stare at you. And that this is not, if you don't understand what I'm talking about, then you might be a, a, an immature Christian. And it's not a knock on you because I've been there before. Most of my life, I had a veiled face and, and, and I had blinded eyes to this. But I think that you could look at it like the equivalent of going to your favorite band. You go to, go to the concert of your favorite band, George Strait for me, right? So I'm 16 years old and in the height of my fandom for George Strait, and I go see him at the, at the stadium, and I have tickets for the front row center, right? Hypothetical speaking. I go to the front row center. I got the, I got the tickets there, and I'm holding the tickets, and on my way to the stadium, what am I talking about? Man, I wonder what's going to be in here. I hope there's popcorn. I hope they I hope they have Dr Pepper on the fountain. I hope they have huge 
uh, Sonic Ice. I love Sonic Ice. Oh, you know I love Sonic. Yeah, yeah. Sonic Ice in a big plastic cup and Dr. Pepper. And I hope they have pop. Oh, maybe they're going to have hot dogs. I wonder what kind of merch they're going to have. T-shirts, hats. Oh, and you know what else I think about? The chairs. I bet those chairs are so comfortable. I can't wait to see the chairs. What else? Oh, the lights. The, the lighting is going to be so cool. From up at the top, they're going to have Seriously? No. That's not what goes through the mind of a 16-year-old as he's walking in the stadium. He's thinking, I can't wait to see George Strait. I can't wait to see him in all his glory, standing there, holding his guitar, singing to me. That's what I care about. Everything else is going to be there, but it's secondary. I'm not worried about it. I'm not thinking about it. I'm not envisioning that. It's not my dream. I'm thinking about just him. And that's the way I think of heaven. Streets of gold, pearly gates, bass in the rivers, game in the fields. I've got, you know, flying ability, whatever. I'm thinking about standing in the presence of my creator. Standing in all of his glory, hands raised, soaking him in forever. That's heaven. Love you guys. See you next Monday. Thanks for joining me on the Granger Smith Podcast. I appreciate all of you guys. You could help me out by rating this podcast on iTunes. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to this channel. Hit that little like button and notifications bell so that you never miss any time I upload a video. If you have a question for me that you would like me to answer, email grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. Yee-yee. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in Coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids' playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe Ventilation System exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe Ventilation System. You can get it installed, or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today.